You ready? I'm Lisa. And I'm Kelly. And this is Bad at Boundaries, the podcast where we share personal stories about setting boundaries, healing, and growing into the people we want to be. Get ready to laugh, sigh, and draw the line with us. Super easy first take. Okay, Lisa, where are we drawing the line this week? I love it. We're getting right into it. This is what happens when we do a big heavy one and then immediately record a little one. But this week, we... This is what happens when we also book the closing time slot. Oh, okay. We can't go over it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, this week, I wanted to talk about cringe mm. and what it means to fully embrace cringe. Because I'm sure you've seen the thing that's, like, floating around on Instagram and TikTok now. It's, like, embrace the cringiest parts of yourself. Like, that's the part where you're going to have the most fun. Like, the, when you're... you're cringiest your 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 most fun self and I do and like I 100% agree with that I think if you want to be the most authentic version of yourself part of that is embracing the parts of you that would maybe make other people go you know yeah yeah (laughs) can I tell you well you know part of this you know most of this story actually because you're there for the tail end of it can I tell you the saga of me be accidentally becoming a lego influencer on tiktok yeah I would love to hear that origin story (laughs) so okay we've been saving it for the podcast we have I don't think I've even really fully given you the origin story so all this kind of started well it starts when I was a child but I played with Lego when I was when a little kid. When I was a young boy dog. <laughs> yes. Um, but when I was a kid, like like every other kid who grew up in the 90s, I played with Lego. I think we all did. And watched this. The Lion King. Yeah, and watched The Lion King. There were two universal imperative experiences if you were born in 1990 or later. And, uh, like, that was always something very associated with, like, my childhood, with my brother. But when I got older, I sort of started noticing that it was... It was not cool anymore. And I'm specifically talking about when I was 13 years old. And also you have to think about that time. Lego was aggressively marketed to boys. For boys. And I had been a bit of like, uh, I don't even know if this term is still like okay to use, but like a tomboy growing Mm -hmm. up. Like I had like, I was very insecure about being feminine. Mm. I was especially insecure because I developed boobs, hips, and an ass when I was eight years old. And I also got my period very publicly and very violently for the first time, like, in front of the whole school. It was... How old were you? uh, When I got my first period, nine. Yeah. That seems so young. I developed... Well, all the women in my family developed really early. And even, like... All, all the men, too, like, hit puberty really young. It's just a weird genetic yeah. thing, but Wait, it was it was I hard. I was 13 when I got my first period, so I'm three years older than you. Whoa. But you had yours before I had mine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Whoa. And then, yeah, like, how are you ready for that? You are not, let me tell you. You are not. You're also not ready to look like, like, I just grew. One day in the third grade, I, like, woke up. None of my clothes fit right anymore. I was, like, super gangly and awkward. I had, like, weird, like, breasts that were, like, uneven for a long time. And I, like, didn't want to wear a bra because it just felt so gross and uncomfortable. And, like, all of a sudden I started getting, like, looks from people and I didn't know what they meant. And, like, it was just, like, the beginning of the huge awkward experience that was my teenagerdom. So I had a lot on my plate and I was still just trying to play with Lego. <laughs> Did you read Judy Bloom books back no, in the day? No, I didn't. Dilly Dally. Well, there's a new movie out right now called Are You There, God? It's 
Me, Margaret. Yes. Highly recommend watching it. I've heard it's good. I should really, I'm sure when I inevitably have a kid, I'll like read Judy Bloom or we'll read it to shout out Annie and her new baby, Hannah. <laughs> we and, will inevitably. And we'll buy them Lego. Yeah, we'll buy them Lego. Yeah. So how are we going to do this in 45 minutes? I have no we'll idea. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, so I was like a really awkward t- kid. I like developed really early. I was a tomboy. So like playing with Lego just kind of felt more natural to me, especially when I was actively denying that feminine side of me. And like I was really into it until I was like 13 years old. Like I remember the Tell Us World of Science exhibit came to Edmonton for the first time, that Art of the Brick exhibit. I like took the cringiest photo there of like all time of 13 year old Lisa with her beanie and her like really greasy bangs like there. But it wasn't until I think like high school when I started kind of realizing that like this interest was not like normal for people my age to have anymore. Like, I'm so sad that that's how we were made to feel. Well, you know what? And this is like a point we're going to make later on, but I'll make it now. I think in our teen years, we learn to hide the most authentic forms of ourselves because it's like a protection. Oh, yeah, you're desperate to fit in. Desperate to fit in. So scared of, like, standing out and being different and being clocked as different, too. Like, it's just, it's it's one long humiliating process from, like, grade five up until high school. It's just pure humiliation. But, yeah, I kind of got bullied out of liking Lego as a teenager. And then when I started dating John, like, I remember the first time I, like, like went into his bedroom literally like five minutes before we slept with each other for the first time like as adults and like I noticed right away I was like oh my god he has lego on his dresser green flag I know I was just like whoa like he had a really cool dragon build and he like part of the harry potter castle and I was just like whoa I'm turned on (laughs) like (laughs) let's do this so like he was really into lego and I was still kind of like but you're like a grown-up like why are you playing with Lego? Like, this is really weird. And uh, he he was always very, like, ex- embrace it. He was just like, I like it. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Is it hurting anybody that I like Lego? No. The only thing it hurts is my wallet because I spend a bunch of money on it. So, like, I was really resistant to it for a long time until the pandemic hit. And it was, like, the two of us in our house alone And, like, the loneliness and the boredom, we all know how that went. It sucked for everybody. And, like, it started like this. John and I first got really into puzzling. We were, like, into puzzling. We must have bought, like, ten puzzles to do. What size? Oh, like 10,000 pieces, like something insane, like the really crazy ones. And you you puzzle too, don't you? I love puzzles, except for 3D puzzles. Oh, yeah? That is where I draw the line, which is hilarious, because I also like Lego. That's, yeah, that is really now, weird. thanks to you. Yeah, oh, thank you. I know, this is, I'm an influencer, you guys, let me tell you. So, okay, John and I started building Lego together, because, like, I was just getting so sick of the puzzling, even though I enjoyed it. And I was like, I need something new. And he, like, brought home the Everyone is Awesome set during Pride Month, which for those of you who don't know, the Everyone is is Awesome set, it's literally, like, a full little rainbow display. Like, it's Mm -hmm. flat on the bottom and has a, like, back backdrop, obviously. And it's all rainbow. It has all rainbow-colored little, like, minifigures on it. Mm -hmm. The inclusive pride flag. The inclusive pride flag. And John gave it to me, and he's like, I know you're not, like, out yet, but, like, happy Pride Month. Like, I got this for you. And the amount of joy I had that, like, A, it was, like, my first piece of, like, pride wherever that like actually validated my identity and marked me as like a member of that community which at the time I didn't really like I was still in the closet like most people didn't know 
And then also, too, I was like, I remember playing with this and really loving it. And it was such a safe haven for me, like during an, a very awkward time. And like we started building more and more Lego. And every time John would like put on his mask and go get groceries, he would come back with a new set for us. So we started building together. And then it got to the point where it was like, how do we like show this off in our house when we finish a set? Because it's like, do we put it on a shelf? Do we just like put it in the basement? Do we like disassemble it and like put it away? Like, what do we do? And uh, I kind of started being like, I bet I can work this in as like home decor somehow. Because I was really into decorating our house. We had just moved in. I was like all about the home sense life for like the first week we were there before the pandemic hit. So I started like, basically, I also had downloaded TikTok at the same time. And I started making these like silly little videos of me being like, this is the set we built today. And it's going to fit perfectly in this little nook. And like, I like it how it looks here because of XYZ. And I shit you not, Kelly. Two weeks after I started doing that, I had 40,000 followers on TikTok. I did not know Wow, it was a thing. And all of a sudden, I was like, finding all these people, they're all adults. There's a phrase for it, right? Yeah, there's called AFLs, adult fans of Lego. And it's literally like just people who are into it. Like there are documentaries about Lego. There are like whole reality TV shows, which I made you audition for with me, (laughs) uh, about like competitively building Lego. And it was like all of a sudden this whole community opened up to me. I started doing like private like live stream like building events. I started building on a competitive level with like other artists in my area I made like a bunch of new friends all virtually all within the span of like a month and it was like the whole time I was just like is this like something I should be embarrassed of (laughs) like should I be embarrassed absolutely not I know and like it got to a point where I was like really shy about telling my family and like telling my friends that this was a thing that I was doing but then like the second I kind of decided that actually I really love this and I don't think I need to be ashamed of something I love that like is getting me through what I need to get through right now, you know? And it was, like, the second I decided to just be, like, I don't really give a shit if you laugh at me because, like, this is good for me right now, especially when I was dealing with, like, a whole boatload of other mental health issues. It's, like, if this is the one thing that makes me happy, fuck you if you're going to laugh at it. That says way more about you than it does about me, you know? And I think that's, Mm -hmm. like, the core of embracing cringe. When people are laughing at you or making you feel bad about something that, like, you just really enjoy doing or really enjoy being, like, that's a them problem. Mm -hmm. That says a lot about, like, the behaviors and people that they're around that they feel the need to, like, exert that negativity onto you. You know what I mean? Do Do you relate to this at all? Yeah. I think, so my kind of, like, journey to, like, not being embarrassed about my interests yeah was everything always comes back to summer camp because I honestly think those are the formative years where Mm. I felt like I really got to lean into my own personality Mm -hmm. because being away was that was actually probably the first time Molly and I were Mm -hmm. apart for an extended amount of time I always say it was my study abroad semester my Thailand trip but Mm -hmm. this was it Mm -hmm. although like she did come hang out with me for two weeks in the middle yeah so it wasn't our longest stretch Mm. But what was really interesting for me was I got to experience having, like, my cabin leaders Mm -hmm. become co-cabin leaders when I was older. Cool. And so being, we called them stampers. So when people (laughs) were at that awkward age between, like, camper and staff, (laughs) they were a little stampers. (laughs) Yeah. Where you understand kind of both sides of the equation. And it was Mm -hmm. really interesting to see... Because, like, summer camps are, like, fully run on a volunteer basis other than the um, program staff that are there for the full summer. Right. So most 
cabin leaders are not getting paid. They're there volunteering. And you're putting a lot of energy into this week and making it mm-hmm. a good experience for the campers. Yeah. And you are not letting your outside worries or concerns like impact that. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, you're not putting on a mask because like you're with these people 24 seven for that week. So yeah. there is just like that level of like, intimacy where you are not high energy all week you have your quiet moments and you work through that but campfire was always my favorite part so that's Mm -hmm. when we would do like sing-alongs and do different skits Mm -hmm. and I realized that trying to fit in and not defining my interests meant like I didn't have like improv topics to bring up like I didn't have niche topics that Mm -hmm. were interesting to throw in so I didn't volunteer to be in those skits yeah because I was like I would just freeze like I wouldn't know what to talk about Mm. and then I also had like another I don't even remember who this was with I think it was like someone's now ex-boyfriend that was like maybe even not a full-on boyfriend just like a moment in time oh my god and he was like he was like oh you like reading what kind of books you like and I was like oh well like I still read a lot of like YA fiction like young adult fiction like Harry Potter and Divergent he was like great those are cool books I was like oh and then it took me some time to like get like comfortable with this but now I can be like I like to read these books because they allow me to like reflect on where I was when I was like Mm -hmm. at that developmental age at that moment in time whereas there's other people who read books to find a way to bridge and get to where they want to be mm-hmm. and I can do that now but for a long time yeah. I was like books were pure escapism for me mm-hmm. that being said it wasn't even that I was reading like YA fantasy I was reading like fan fiction mostly yes like, same here <laughs> like full of lemons oh my and, lemons and limes lemons and yeah, limes lemons and limes <laughs> Which is fine because I will fully admit it now. But yeah. I feel like I'm kind of roasting my past self when I do it, which I'm not. Like, it's very good natured. No, I know. But sometimes I wish I could tell her and be like, more people are reading this than you know. Oh, and you would be surprised. The number of times I wish I could go back and tell my teenage self that, like, there is no such thing as an original thought anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as, like, you are just the only person in the world having this experience. Absolutely not. Like, more people than you know are feeling insecure about this, are struggling with that. Like, more people than you could possibly even be aware of have the same interests, same weird quirks. And, like, if so many of us feel the so the same way and are weird in the same way, is it even really weird? anymore or is it just a different way to have an experience like yeah and I had to channel that summer camp counselor energy into student teaching yeah because as I said I was Mm. introverted for a long time and like that spread into my early 20s so all of my feedback forms from early mentor (laughs) teachers were like you have to learn to speak up you have to be loud you Mm. have to be more energetic everyone's gonna fall asleep in your class otherwise Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it just I would have ended up like I would have been like a professor Trelawney (laughs) (laughs) yes yes I feel like so we were talking we just recorded an episode a really long episode about addictions and chameleon energy and basically all the little things we do to hide our authentic selves from Mm -hmm. the world and I think that's still in my head because I think by the time we're adults you know out of our parents house and on our own for the first time I feel like a lot of us really struggle finding like an authentic version of who we are because we are so used to especially as young adults Hmm. being in an environment where we have to hide part of ourselves 
in order to, you know, not get made fun of, not get judged by people. And I feel like for me, and I mentioned this in the last episode, whenever I'm having a hard time or like feel myself really judging whatever behavior, whatever thought, I'm always like return to like childhood version of you. Mm-hmm. And Actually, I think it'd be really fun right now if we introduced our teenage self, you know, right before you learn to cover everything up. Like, who were you as a young teenager? So I think, like, the masking was happening in high school, mm-hmm. but grade seven was where I was still clinging to that, like, youthful innocence where, like... I love it. My way of standing out was, like, I refused to... Um, conform to Mm. wearing jeans at school. Okay, so hold on. (laughs) Let's talk appearance. First of all, I need a picture in my head. I need to know how would your hair have been done? Average day. Barely brushed. I actually didn't learn how to do my own (laughs) ponytails till grade six. And what was your favorite outfit? Um, Sweatpants, a t-shirt, and a purple gap fleece hoodie because I was always purple and Molly was always blue. Okay, what was your favorite subject? Oh, English. English? Okay, and actually math because in junior Nerd. high in junior <laughs> high I actually competed in one math competitions and I was, <gasps> <laughs> Kelly I went to math banquets why Not, I didn't get like first place but I would like tie for eighth place or 13th place why, why the fuck am I the one trying to figure out how to like make money off of merch and literally having to get John to do math <laughs> because I can't do math when you're in a because math competition <laughs> I can do logic that's math. true okay that's very different Not finance math that's fair that's fair I know our English degrees did not help us out there (laughs) I know I called John my numbers guy I'm like I got a numbers guy now it's fine um okay who were your best friends in the seventh grade growing up my sister and I had like a best friend in elementary school Mm -hmm. that I mentioned like she's not in our lives anymore we had like a drift apart as we got older Mm -hmm. but the three of us looked really similar so Mm -hmm. elementary to junior high like people would refer to us as the triplets. The triplets. Oh, my but God. But grade seven is also when I met, like, my now oldest friend who I mm-hmm. see, like, I say every Thursday, but, like, we're actually, we're all over the place yeah. this summer, but I see her regularly every week. Okay, my last mm-hmm. question about grade seven, Kelly. What did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a veterinarian, yes. and I actually got accepted to U of A in their pre-veterinary program. Oh, my God. And then was bombing all my classes. And so it became very apparent in the first month, this is not what I was meant to be doing. I don't get squeamish, so I could do all the labs. Mm -hmm. But I don't have fine motor control. So everything was a hack job. Yeah. What about you? Okay. Okay. Set the stage with appearance. All right. My appearance, um, I had an aggressive side part with very greasy side bangs that I could never get to like not split and it's because I wasn't I didn't know about dry shampoo yet yeah so I spent a lot of time I didn't know about a hair strainer till grade 10 oh I know yeah I think okay also the the age that I'm describing I think I'm a little bit older because I actually had very high confidence entering junior high and it was mostly because I had developed so early so like my hormones were calmed down I wasn't going through like a lot of growth anymore and like my body just kind of like it literally was the body I have now like I've not changed since then and that's literally just on being Welsh we like get all our growing done we are the smallest people in the world like it just is what it is um I didn't know how to put on mascara 
but I really knew how to put on orange foundation. <laughs> Dream that moose. Yes. Wait, yes. are you on the side of TikTok where everyone talks about how they were honey beige? Yes, I, I was honey beige. <laughs> I was not honey beige, at least like, yeah. like in case someone is listening that has not seen me, like I am a ginger. Yeah, you're a ginger, you're so not honey beige. I was wearing the lightest foundation. Porcelain. And I didn't realize for years that I was actually the second oh lightest foundation. So you're too light, I was too dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see, what else? Okay, usually I would be wearing um, dark wash skinny jeans that I bought from Stitches that literally got ink on everything I touched, like didn't matter. And I also wore um, bright pink Converse high tops, like the above the ankle high tops. And I all my friends would doodle on them during class and like write little messages for me on there. So those were quite cool. I also was always wearing purple. Purple was my favorite color. I had a sweater. Um, that I usually wore over like a vintage like classic rock band tee or a punk rock tee because I was really into classic rock and punk rock. That was my brother's influence on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Blue Notes t-shirts. Oh, yeah. You better believe Bogo. it. Yes, Bogo. And I'm pretty sure my purple sweatshirt was also from Blue Notes. And on the back, it had a giant peace sign. And it said, make love, not war. But it was underneath the hood. So my mom never saw it. And I used to think I was so cool whenever I would, like, flip it up. Can I tell you what my favorite t-shirt said? I just remembered this. I'll have to see if I can find a picture. Yes. It said, cancel my subscription. I'm over your issues. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Keep in mind I was not talking to boys at this point. Oh, my God. I love it. Um, Okay. What else about little Lisa? Yes. Favorite subject. Favorite subject, I was also a, like, English language arts girly, but fun fact about me, I was amazing in band class. Like, I took band all the way through junior high. I played clarinet, saxophone. I knew a little bit of flute. I was actually way better at the piccolo because it was, like, smaller for my hands. I knew how to play tuba, but I couldn't lift it, so they wouldn't let me (laughs) play it. Um, I hated trombone with every fiber of my being, trumpet I only played until I got braces (laughs) and I learned how to play the drums but that was literally because I had a crush on our drummer boy in band Zach I was obsessed with him and I'm still so mad that never worked out we would have been perfect together (laughs) but yeah that was my favorite subject who are your best friends oh my best friends I had four best friends uh, two of them, you guys have heard them a million times, Emily and Lauren, like mm-hmm. friends forever. But I mostly saw them in the summers because uh, we played fastball together. My two best friends in school were Maggie and Christine. Christine was in band with me and Maggie, Christine and I all shared the same homeroom for like all at least two years of junior high. So we were mm-hmm. like quite close. And what I wanted to be when I grew up, I wanted to be an actress, like so bad. I was really deep. Started with a high school musical obsession. Then I discovered the musical Hairspray because Zac Efron, there was a natural connection. And then from Hairspray, I went on to Grease, went on to Mama Mia. Like it just, it branched out. I've seen like pretty much every musical. I still love them. And I was a glee kid too. Mm. That was me. Side note, Mm -hmm. if you hunt through our Instagram, you Mm -hmm. can find a picture of Lisa's bedroom plastered in Zac Efron posters. You know what? I would do it again. If John mm-hmm. would let me, I would totally do it again. Um, Ooh, what? Let's add a question. What music were you listening to? Ooh, a lot of Avril Lavigne. Yeah. Taylor Swift had kind of just entered with Teardrops on My Guitar, so she was mm-hmm. there. But honestly, it was a lot of classic rock. 
Um, I did a lot of the Beatles. The Beatles was my main move. Aerosmith was on there as well. But there was definitely like a lot of like new influences like Fall Out Boy. Also, my brother played in a band at this point. So it was pretty much like any music that my brother played on. Mm-hmm. He, actually, I think he was in like three or four different bands <laughs> at this point. So what about you? What were you listening to? Oh, Avril Lavigne, mm-hmm. for sure. That was my first concert. Hilary Duff. Ooh, uh, I was never a Hilary Duff girl, actually. Yeah, that was my second concert. Was yeah. starting to listen to Taylor Swift, but so my dad listens to jazz, and my mom loves Top Forty. Yeah. So our intersecting interests were the Beatles, mm. Van Morrison, and John Mayer, because we <laughs> didn't we didn't have the information that we do now. We not know to say better. that like. He doesn't have talent with his art. I just, like, personally choose not to financially support or stream artists who have caused harm to other people. Yeah, I don't uh, support ding-dongs. And I think we can all agree, if there's anything John Mayer is, it's a ding-dong. Yeah. I have a question for you, really quick. When you think about yourself before all the, you know, yucky things that made you retreat back into your shell, that version of you, do you think looking at your life right now, they would be proud of you? and be like I think they would be simultaneously proud and yeah. terrified like mm-hmm. if a 13 going on 30 moment happened <laughs> they'd be like what the fuck have you done to us Kelly like <laughs> yeah. how am I supposed to pull this off because for yeah. me it was a really long journey becoming more confident yeah. and I don't want to say like getting over but just like mm-hmm. relaxing mm-hmm. the social anxiety mm-hmm. because for me like it was shyness Mm -hmm. so the more that I took risks or like had friends that could push me out of my bubble the more I was like okay like the more I was able to address the fears yeah um so I always say like it wasn't like a true anxiety it was to quote a Cinderella story I was letting the fear (laughs) of striking out keep me from playing the game which I'm also pretty sure I quoted before and it's like probably a Babe Ruth quote literally I went out walking with my friend Des yesterday and she just listened to the episode and like the first thing she said to me when she got out of the car was like you weren't quoting Hillary Duff you were quoting Babe Ruth I was like oh thank you so we did fact check (laughs) ourselves eventually I I kind of prefer if we don't fact check (laughs) I'm more like if it's that important tell me about it yeah or we'll put it in the Instagram post it's fine oh and then also a lot of Green Day and Simple Plan oh yeah yeah, yeah. There was simple plan, Come and on. then in high school, Mariana Trench. Oh, I also was addicted to any music that Fergie came out with because Fergie had recently gone solo from the Black Eyed Peas, and to this day, if you were to say Lisa right now, sing all the words to Fergalicious, so I could do it. My <laughs> summer camp bestie, we actually called each other our boyfriends for Aww, that summer because we thought it was hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, not not something we would revisit now mm-hmm. because we were using it as a joke and that's not who we are now Mm. anyways at her wedding last summer um they did casual karaoke Mm -hmm. in that the dj had a microphone and you could sing over any track you wanted (gasps) she did she opened this off Mm -hmm. with frigalicious you know what i'm gonna do because our recording time is a little short i will superimpose at least eight bars of me rapping along to the rap and for delicious to close this out at the end of this episode. So we make time. And you can't edit that promise out now because no, I will the not. episode will be too well. <laughs> that episode would be too short without it. I guess it's all relative. But. It is all relative. But you know what? Thinking about like my younger self and who I was then, I like I actually had this. Could thought, younger you step into your shoes today? I think they could. I think there was a while where I was really thinking that younger me might be disappointed. 
Mm. And like this isn't so much recently. I think I've kind of like I'm kind of like let go of this pain recently, though. Like I, I can't remember what episode it was in. It was when we were talking about like just failures and like thinking about how how you thought things would turn out for you before before you knew how hard it was to be an adult, basically. You know, thinking about my relationship with, like, some members of my family who, like, were really important to me back then, and now we don't have a relationship anymore because because I'm LGBT. Mm. The thought of that happening for younger me, I think I would be really happy that I was out, but mm. I think it would really hurt. And I'm trying yeah. not to get emotional, but that's true. Because I think, like, if you think about, like, 13 going on 30 again, mm-hmm. The fact that she jumped into this new life, Mm. the whole point of the movie is that jumping into the new life and Mm -hmm. skipping the journey that got you there. Yeah, you don't understand. Yeah, like you had to go through all that to become who you are. Yeah, and even like silly things like it was also the same person who I no longer talked to who really like frankly brainwashed me into thinking that if if I didn't have a man in my life, you know, I was nothing. And... It was because of this person that I had such a hard time coming out in the first place and feeling okay with who I was. And like, you know, I'm, I'm out and I'm proud, but I still feel like on my bad days, I feel like I did fail little me. It's like, oh, I really thought I would be like married. And I really, I never thought I would be like out to anyone in my family or anyone in my life. And like, I really thought I would have a successful like nine to five career now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like you say, understanding that like, just because you set out to have the things that you think you should want, as you as you become your more authentic self and you kind of return back to, like, embracing the little joys in life, you kind of understand that, like, these things were not as important to you mm-hmm. as you thought they were. They were really just somebody else kind of, like, influencing your values. And, like, again, I've mentioned a million times, thank God I didn't get married at 25. <laughs> thank God I learned now that a 9-to-5 career doesn't work with me for a reason. Mm-hmm. And also, thank God I have the privilege of living life authentically who I am as a person who doesn't care what's in your pants, I just want to party, (laughs) you know, like, I feel, I think as much as I look back on those, like, things that I thought I wanted as a kid, and feel, like, kind of bad for, like, letting her down in some ways, it's also, like, I think if she understood why things are the way they are, I think she would be, like, hell yeah, like, good work, like, very proud of you for that. Okay, thinking of little Lisa again, Mm. are there any hobbies or interests she had that you don't have right now but you would love to bring back into your life I would love to get back into acting again because Mm. I don't know if you can tell Kelly but I'm a tad bit dramatic and I love being theatrical like I love this is annoying for a lot of people but I'm I'm sorry it's who I am I love like randomly singing in conversations and like randomly belting things out and I know that's not everybody's cup of tea but I love an element of performance I think there's Mm. a reason why I'm drawn to something like podcasting for example where you get to put on a show but you also get to wear sweatpants while you do it so I think like or wear your own merch yeah Kelly's literally wearing our own merch right now available at badatboundaries.com slash merch and I'm not cringing about it either I know hey growth but yeah I think there are some things where I'm like yeah I would like to act again and I'm gonna figure out a way to do that but I also see shades of that interest Mm -hmm. in my current life what about you I think I would actually 
like to tell my younger self something because mm-hmm. someone told me this once and it made a really good impact because mm-hmm. I was like, sometimes I don't do the things I'd like to do mm. because I feel embarrassed about running into someone I know. Oh, yeah. And this other person was <laughs> like, okay, but if if they're there, yeah, they're there too because they mm-hmm. probably like it. Like that's a bonding moment yes. that you're scared yes. of that would actually probably be a really nice thing. Actually, you are reminding me. So not too long ago, remember I mentioned the like Lego exhibit was back in like 2008 or whatever. It actually came back to Edmonton a couple months ago. It's been here for a while. And I need to go. <laughs> yeah, well, actually I went with John. We did a, for his birthday, I got him like brick and bar tickets so it was literally like you get drink tickets like you go at night after everything else is closed and it's like an adults only experience and when I was there I actually ran into Maggie from like eighth grade and it was like such a like cool moment like I ran into her and like her partner and she ran into me and my partner and I just had this moment where I like I clocked her from across the room and she clocked me at exactly the same time and like wordlessly we both just started moving towards each other and we had like this really beautiful moment of like we literally hugged each other held on so tight and then I couldn't think of anything to say to her <laughs> like we both just like stared. where do you start oh my god I just like stared at her and I was like oh my god I remember you like we kind of fell out of touch when we like hit 16 and you get really deep into like the the like teenage bullshit stuff right and uh I was like yeah I haven't seen you since you're a little kid I kind of saw her a little bit in university but not so much and I was just like you're so beautiful now and like I remembered back in the day she never thought she would have a boyfriend she's been with this guy for like a few years now and like yeah I just ended up like hugging her and we didn't even do a whole life update I just said like thank you so much it's so nice to see you you look great I'm so proud of you like I didn't even need to know what she was up to and it was just like oh wow we really made it I think you don't always need to have that full catch-up with people that you used to know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just get to bask in the familiarity of, like, having Mm -hmm. that length of shared experience, Mm -hmm. even though, like, maybe it's not relevant. Mm -hmm. But you almost get to, like, I feel like running into old friends or, like, for Mm -hmm. me, I have a huge family with a ton of cousins. Mm -hmm. It almost lets you embrace that inner child because... Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen someone in a while, like, Mm. they don't have a current reflection of you. Mm -hmm. So if you have done a lot of growth, like, sometimes you feel the need to, like, sprinkle that in and share it because you're proud of yourself. Yeah. But also if you're in a moment where you're not as proud as what you're up to and Mm. what your habits are, you can kind of just, like, reset to the previously saved version (laughs) that is stored in their memory. Yeah, exactly. And, like... I know it it made me feel really good to like have that moment with Maggie because it was like I don't necessarily have anything to like share with you right now and like what realistically what do we have in common anymore and like but it was almost like just our souls recognize each other in passing and I'm gonna cry because it was so like girlhood I'm also PMSing so hard do you want to experience your tears or would you like a distraction uh, I don't think we have time for me to experience them because we, okay. <laughs> we have 10 minutes left and we have to save this and upload it. And <laughs> I would also like to record my Fergalicious rap in the sound booth. Oh, while we're here. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So I'm going to take us back to summer camp. So yeah. one of my favorite parts, like campfire was top favorite, mm-hmm. but like a cozy memory I have is that one of my, my very first cabin leader mm. introduced highs and lows. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it done in many forms, but one of my good friends does it as rose, bud, and thorn. Oh, nice. So like what's blooming 
what's growing mm. and then what are you not happy about oh, so do you want to close out doing that yeah okay I'm gonna start with thorn and oh, why did I start with the worst thing that's a weird instinct to have um for me like right now in my current you're PMSing so I am PMSing sense. I literally had to rub muscle relaxant on my entire pelvis before I came here. And I even told Kelly, I was like, I'm feeling really emotional, real shitty today. Like, that is not And great. we picked a hard topic. We picked a hard topic. Before I had, this. I had to talk about my alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> I have been through so much. Yeah, so that's not great. The butt, I'm really happy about the way the podcast is going. It's actually lighting up my intuition. I feel like something big is about to happen. Like, I don't know if you get that vibe either, but I can, like, it's like there's something in the water. Like I can just feel it there. Something big is about to happen. And I think the rose for me right now is I feel like I'm just finally, I'm finally at the place where I can look and be like, you know what? Little Lisa would think not too fucking shabby. Especially, honestly, 16-year-old Lisa would die if she knew <laughs> that she got the guy, she got everything she wanted. And sometimes life is just that easy. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to do mine the other way around. So Rose Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've said that on this podcast, but I actually got like a little, it was like kind of a lateral move, but like kind of a promotion at work It was recently, a promotion, Kelly. Where it's, yeah, it is, a, it is a, it's a promotion. It's a step in a direction that's more in line with like mm. the work that I like doing and mm. then work that I feel proud of. Right. The bud, so like where I'm growing right now mm-hmm. is... I have some perfectionist tendencies that I have been working on for a very long time. Mm -hmm. But it's in situations like this where I sometimes have a hard time transitioning projects to a new person, Mm -hmm. partly because I'm like, what if they pick this up? And they're like, what is this garbage? Partly because I'm like, ooh, like it's this project isn't in great shape. Like I want to clean it up before I hand it off. Mm -hmm. And my manager was like, we've all been busy. We've been down a team member. You're doing your best. Like I hired this person to get stuff off your plate so Mm -hmm. we can take advantage of your other strengths. How wonderful it is to be recognized for having so many strengths that they hire somebody because they want to make room for you. Kelly, that's beautiful. Somebody else also quit, but this position was making pitched room. to me before that person quit. Again, it's just making yeah. room for you to really blossom and turn your bud into a rose. Yeah, so right now I'm faking the confidence a little bit. So I'm. it is budding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thorn. <laughs> the person you're recording a podcast with is PMSing and she's crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I would never judge you for that. Um, I think it's, I got a little bit disappointed in myself. Mm. So last weekend, my... Um, Parents put in a ton of effort and helped me paint the outside of my house. Yeah. We'll include a picture because I'm very proud of it. And I learned a lot. Like, my dad uh, often is, like, known to have quite a potty mouth when he's doing (laughs) household chores. But he was pretty good because painting is one of the things he's actually really good at and really confident with. Yeah. And my parents and I have had really good boundaries. We live pretty close to each other. You sure do. So our boundary up until this project was, like, they would always give me a heads up Mm. and just, like, ballpark the time to give me a chance to be, like, I will be on Zoom during that time. Or, like, nope, I'll be able to unlock the door for you. Yeah. Because this project was so big, Mm. I was, like, I am just grateful for any help. Mm. They did a phenomenal job, and I'm so thankful for it because I never would have done it but then like today they showed up like right as one of my zoom calls was ending and they just got started like they puttered they they are respectful of like also you can kind of like see my monitor if you pull up on my driveway like you can see what you're doing yeah work confidentiality is all like fine Mm -hmm. because like 
it would just be my parents and I can like well yeah and it's also my like screen I feel like you up. can tell when somebody's busy it's not like you're on there playing yeah. sims like they knew you were working so they do a really good job but and they also are great at like just the fact that they're willing to help with this kind of stuff is amazing but it does stress me out more than I tell them mm. when they show up and I wasn't prepared for it so like if I don't have an idea of the time mm. um when it's like and sometimes it does have to be on their schedule, but yeah. I just need to actually, like, have that conversation and I just be like, can we go back to, like, the 10-minute heads up? Even if mm. you text me as you leave your house that you're on the way, mm. that will just make me so much less stressed. So I kind of love this. I think we should do, like, Rosebud Thorn, either, like, beginning or ending each episode. Ooh. Just as, like, a little, like, check-in. It feels like just, like, this is good. And then... Also, like, we have people who listen to this, and I feel like they must like us because they're, like, (laughs) listening to it. Like, here's a little bit more about me. You already know all about my dirty laundry. To be honest, this might have been the most efficient closeout we've done. Yeah. I mean, to draw the line there, embrace cringe, find peace. It really is that easy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's draw the line there and get ready to hear me do some truly amazing Fergalicious rapping. Yes. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, my God. Now I close it. Hit it, Fergie. All the time I turn around, brothers gather around, always looking at me up and down, looking at my, uh. I just want to say, yeah, I'm just around up. Drum a little mama, I don't want to take your man. And I know I'm coming off just a little bit conceited, how I keep on repeating how the boys want to eat it. But I'm trying to tell that it can't be treated like clientele, because they say she delicious. So delicious. Where was my backup? <laughs> the library lady was waving at me, saying we have two minutes left. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Yeah, we got to go. All right, bye. Bad at Boundaries is a podcast created by Lisa Hennig and Kelly McGillis. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bad at Boundaries. Thanks for listening.